When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the No Huddle Show is being brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at ChevroletOfTurnersville.com and CadillacOfTurnersville.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, NJ.com, here with Mike Kay at Lincoln Financial Field for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. Uh, the Eagles won two games in a row, first time this season. It only took them 12 weeks, <laughs> only... 12 games. Woo! Where's <laughs> your excitement, Zach? <laughs> Come on. It's after midnight, man. I'm tired. It's the thick of the NFC title, ra- NFC East title race. We're struggling with words right now. I am. You know what? Because there's a big date in Dallas next week, but we'll get into that later. The Eagles put together probably their, we say it every time they win games, but like this was probably the best collective effort yeah. of this team this this year, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, not beyond just the actual game, just factoring in the importance of it and who they were playing, like the Giant, that first Giants win was probably their best all around game, but like they were playing a, t- a Giants team that was pretty bad at the time, and you are you're supposed to win that game. This game, their season was on the line. If they don't win this game, I mean, they technically would have still been in it, but you would have been pretty confident in saying that they're probably not going to make the playoffs at that point. And now, all of a sudden, they go into Dallas next week. They win that game. They're at the top of the NFC standings. They're 6-6 six and six right now. They won 28-13 to 13 tonight. Uh, it was close in the first half, and then they pulled away in the second. And, I mean, the Redskins are, if anyone's going to use injuries as an excuse, <laughs> the Redskins could. They got down to the Sanchez. There's a, we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about Mark Sanchez quite a bit. Down he had to a butt the Sanchez, rec- I he, like that. He had a butt recovery. He had a, he, yeah. The sequel to the butt fumble was a butt recovery. I mean, that's probably a better thing to have, though, <laughs> if you're really going to you know. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of things that they've struggled with this season when they've lost or when they've barely won, they did pretty well tonight. They ran the ball well. Uh, Carson Wentz had a bad interception, but otherwise he was really, really good. Uh, they had forced a turnover on defense. Uh, Zach Ertz continued to beat Zach Ertz. Golden Tate, they finally seemed to figure out how to use him. This was Golden Tate at the, at his Golden Tate-ist. At, he was golden, at least rel- would say. Don't say that. <laughs> Nobody says that. And, and, and relative to, especially to how he's been playing the last few weeks, like, this is what they are trading for. Nelson Aguilar had a big play, like, just, just across the board. Even a lot of their older guys. Uh, you know, Jason Kelsey, he's been great all year, but he was especially dominant tonight. He put on a clinic tonight. Uh, I mean, Brandon Graham had a sack. Like, it, it was just, like, an all-around, like, effort. And you, you feel – this – more than last week, you feel good about it. Because last week, that game, they probably shouldn't even have won that Giants game, to be honest. The Giants gave it to them. This game was theirs. Like, this – they won this game. They did. They won this game outright. Um, I was impressed by every single unit. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were 
big stops on special teams. They really pinned the the Redskins back t- towards their end zone several times uh, in this game. I thought Cameron Johnson played well. I thought Jake Elliott played well. You look at the offense, like you said, the one blip by Wentz, the interception, and they recorrected themselves. They re- they calibrated and they really just. I mean, he put on a show otherwise. On defense, you had the big 90-yard run by Adrian Peterson. They only allowed six rushing yards in the entire second half. That, That's that the run way happened, you respond. That run happened, that happened the first of the second quarter. Second quarter. Second quarter. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's funny because you were saying they kept pinning them back. That play was, it was Mark Sanchez's first play. Colt McCoy out for the season, by the way. Yeah. So Mark Sanchez is probably going to be their quarterback in Week 17 when these two teams play again. Here's but, your uh, chance, Mark. <laughs> Mark Sanchez is funny because I I jokingly said to another reporter I'm like what what if they what if Mark Sanchez throws a touchdown on this play instead he handed it off 90 yard touchdown it was a pretty bad breakdown by the defense but he has he has more burst than I think anybody realized still um, I think Malcolm Jenkins is blitzing so he wasn't uh, in mm-hmm. the back to help and there was save no it Sidney Jones and Camus Grugier Hill weren't able to tackle him like just those two guys one on one with Adrian Peterson like that's gonna you're gonna take the L on that one 90 I mean he had. 98 rushing yards on the game. That almost all of them came on that rush. He had more than a few negative rushing plays. Like the defense just cracked down, and it's it's still banged up defense, and they still had one of their you know best all around games of the season. But yeah, and and I think another story of this game. You and I talk about this all the time. I bring it up probably every other podcast. It's great to have guys step up that are good that you expect to step up. It's another thing to have role players play really great games. Rasul Douglas had an early blip, but he had three really important tackles in this game. Saved a touchdown at one point. Um, I thought Alshon Jeffrey played a really good game. Jordan Matthews with the with the touchdown. I mean, overall, I, I thought this was a really good team win for them. The locker room was great afterwards, as as expected. But they really feel like they've turned things around. And if this team starts playing the way they did in that, on that first drive, they could be really dangerous heading into the playoffs. Yeah, let's get into some specific uh, plays that kind of were the turning point in this game. I, a smaller play that happened earlier in the game it, it was was early on when Carson Wentz scrambled and he found he, he like Golden ran Tate. outside. He found Golden Tate. He like floated it up. It was like perfectly placed. I mean, that, a lot of the talk before Golden Tate got here was about how he's going to help Carson Wentz in that area. Like he, he left, and Matthew Stafford immediately like, got sacked ten week, set, sacked ten times the week after that. And like there's there's some talk about how Golden Tate was like the safety valve, and he hadn't really shown that these last couple weeks. And on that play, like that, if, you could kind of feel like the tide was turning for those two. And then the same thing happened on the touchdown that he threw to Golden Tate later. I think it was six yards. Golden, he he scrambled. Golden Tate saw him scrambling. He readjusted his route, got open. Had the had the touchdown, and I mean, he finished the game with seven catches on seven targets for 85 yards and a touchdown. Like that, that that's the kind of stat line you expect out of Golden Tate regularly, and they finally got it from him. And I know it was late, and it and it's frustrating because you traded for a guy who's probably only going to be here for half a season, and it took him this long to get to this point. But if they make the playoffs, and it doesn't matter how long it took, and if he's getting into his groove now, this offense finally looks scary like it was supposed to. So I'm gonna I agree with you. Those are big plays. I think the big, the low key biggest play of this game happened before both of those. Alshon, uh, uh, the Eagles earn a, a first down on the on the Carson Wentz throw to Zach Ertz right off the bat. Then it gets to third and four, and Carson hits Alshon Jeffrey for a six yard gain. The reason why that was big, such a big momentum boost is Alshon had guys ripping at the ball. 
and his strong hands kept it in. And I thought that was a real big momentum boost for this team. It was like the first time that they had to make a difficult play, and it kept that drive going so that it allowed them to have that play with Golden T- the two plays with Golden Tate. Imagine if, if he drops that ball. Do we see the same result of this game? Do we see the same pace? So I think that was huge. Um, what do you got for your second big one? Uh, I mean, a, not a touchdown, Darren Sproles. So he, you know, we, we've been pretty critical about Darren Sproles. We didn't think he was going to show much of anything this season. Uh, he kind of proved a, it's just one game, but I mean, he looked what you want out of Darren Sproles, like for sure. That, that touchdown run. I mean, Jason Kelsey, like let, he blocked like three guys at once. He, he like he, like, brushed it off after the game in the locker room. But he like took two guys with him, and Darren Sproles ran behind him. And then Sproles like broke through two tackles to get into the end zone. It was just like, and the fact that it was a touchdown is obviously just a big play. The fact that it was Darren Sproles getting it, like you just talk to anybody in the locker room about Darren Sproles, they light up. Like he's the most, he might be the most well-respected guy in that locker room. And he's, it's funny because he's the most soft-spoken out of anybody. But he's just like a leader. They love him in that team, and you can kind of see why. Doug Peterson has so passionately defended him. It, it still was a weird situation, and he probably should have been on like IR or whatever. But if he can bring this, and all of a sudden you have a running back rotation, even different than what they had last year, because you have a bell cow in Adams. He had 20 carries again tonight. You have Corey Clement, who's ran as well as he has all season the last couple weeks. And then you have Darren Sproles, who can be the third down guy. He looked pretty good on punt returns. Uh, and But I, I just think that, that touchdown, you can kind of just feel the difference it made, and the offense just was flowing at that point. Jason Kelsey's the best offensive, he's the best offensive lineman I think I've ever seen in space. Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I talked to Lane Johnson and he concurred. He said he's the best I've ever seen. Um, <clears throat> you know, Kelsey does have his faults. He even admitted that to me after the game. He said, I'm not the best at holding my ground against a 350, 320-pound lineman, but if I can get out in space, man, I can do some damage. He put on an absolute clinic today. Um, I want to bunch a bunch of runs in together as like another big play. Cause he, he, I mean, he had four or five really huge blocks inside. There was the screen that he had, um, with Corey Clement that I believe went for 23 yards. That was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, so switching over to defense Nate Gary. Yeah, I was about to. What the heck? Like, yeah, of, I mean, of all people, and he dove and got it and everything. Yeah, I mean, well, and he also had a really good run stop on Adrian Peterson early on. He was in space and took him down. It was in the second quarter. Nate Gary played a pretty good game after playing a pretty terrible game against the Giants. I mean, he was awful. Like, yeah. terrible. I mean, the interception came at this point. The Eagle, there was 12.40 left in the game. The Eagles were up by nine because they went for two and it worked, which was a ballsy move. And, I love it. Yeah. I think it was a great I mean, I think it, I mean, it made sense because they were... They were up seven. They were up seven, so if you don't get it, you're still up seven. How's money? So, so, yeah, and that's kind of been always the fly. It worked. But anyway, so Nate Gary gets this interception on a drive. If the Redskins have scored, all of a sudden they're still in the game. I think that kind of put the nail on the cop. I know there was still ten minutes left, but you kind of no, felt... No, it was done. You felt like it was over at that point. Yeah, what I think the Eagles The Eagles did, haven't forced turnovers this season. Right. <laughs> I think the Eagles have, did a really good job of realizing, hey, we've got a, guy, a quarterback in here who's been here for two weeks. He wasn't part, He played with the scout team this week. Uh, he's not familiar with his weapons. Let's put as much pressure on him as possible. I mean, the, the, the decision to go for it on fourth and goal, whether they got it or not, you put Mark Sanchez on the half-yard line. 
they put him, the, the nine going for it for for uh, the two point conversion, putting them up nine, put added pressure on Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez hasn't hadn't thrown a pass in two years. You're putting a lot of pressure on this guy mentally, and then the defensive line was getting to him. I think they had nine QB hits today. I mean, this was a really well coached. Yeah, nine. This was a very well coached game by Jim Schwartz. Um, he had one of his typical sticks defense flubs, but still frustrating that, sometimes. Which is frustrating, but, but I mean, overall, they, they yeah. really shut. They really adjusted well to what the Redskins were doing. They did what they were supposed to do. They had a backup quarterback. I was in the press box earlier, and I heard a Redskins guy go, "Oh, we've got a rookie corner on the field. We got a rookie cor- corner on the field." Didn't matter. Didn't really matter because it happened in the third quarter. The Eagles' defense played very, very well in this game. You'll look at the 90-yard run, whatever. But Mark Sanchez, 13 of 21 for 100 yards and an interception, 53.7 passer rating. Nicole McCoy started off pretty well. He was 4 of 4 for 50. But, I mean, they just really adjusted, and I thought they tackled very well in this game outside of the 90-yard run. Yeah, I'm, I mean, and, and that was it, that was like there was only two people who were even in position to tackle him. So. Well, and Sidney Jones never in his life. Actually, he did bring him down at one point, but Sidney Jones in the open field diving is not going to bring down no. Adrian Peterson. So Also, one, one more, like uh, we, we kind of alluded to it based on like just talking about the touchdown they scored on. What, did Tate score the touchdown on the first drive? Yes. Yeah, so they, had, they hadn't scored on the first drive since the Colts game, I believe, and they only scored on the first – in the first since the Giants since game. the Giants game, sorry, and then score that was the last time they scored in the first quarter. They'd only done it in nine of eleven games. Like that, we we can't state enough how important it is that they do that. Like I mean that that makes all the difference. Zach Ertz after the game said, "We finally started fast." That's what I took away from this game. That's what he said. I mean him and everybody else. Uh, you know, Jason Kelsey also said after the game. You know, we've talked about it almost as much as the media has how we aren't starting fast. Well, they did today. Um, and I think, again, you know, we talked about it, that Jeffrey catch, the Tate stuff. How different of a game is this if they do not march down that field and set themselves up? Because at one point they were down 10 to 7. But at least they were down 10 to 7 and not 10 to nothing. Um, and I think that can't be understated. I thought Doug Peterson called a hell of a game. Um, they did a lot of motion stuff. They got guys out in space. This was a very well-coached game. Um, let's, let's get into positions. Okay? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's, uh, so let's talk about Wentz. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, 27 of 39, 306 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He didn't really rush, run the ball at all, but I mean, he was moving like, like a, a lot of, a lot of talk about him was the movement and he, you know, he showed some flash of this when he, it's, it's weird. Cause he showed some flash of this when he like first came back and then he kind of went away from it. And now he, this was like as close to a 2017 performance as he's probably had. I mean, he wasn't like perfect on a lot of his passes. He wasn't pinpoint accurate necessarily, but he was making things happen. And that that's like when Carson Wentz is at his best is when he's improvising. I don't know if he's necessarily like the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, but he's a guy that he's at his best when he has the defense, you know, they don't know what where he's going with it, when he has them off guard, when he can get away from a pass rush, when the offensive line gives him enough time to move around and like everything that's kind of came together where like his receivers were catching everything that he was throwing to them and 
He he had one of his better games. I mean, this is the fifth time he's thrown for over 300 yards this year, which is more than he had last year. But that doesn't. They've lost in a few of those games, so a lot of that's been coming from behind. But yeah, I think you come out of this feeling maybe as good as you felt about Carson Wentz this season. When you're running a bunch of bootlegs with Carson Wentz, you're going to be in position to do well if he's making the right decisions. And what he did was make the right decision on that pass you brought up earlier in in, in the show. Um, it was a broken play. Carson was basically telling Golden Tate to get downfield because you can beat the guy one-on-one, and he was able to hit him in stride. People are going to hate on me for this. He and Nick, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles are two of the best on-the-run throwers that we've seen the Eagles have in, in quite some time. Carson Wentz, obviously, way more athletic, way more talented, but Nick Foles, that's the strength of his game, too. And the Eagles have wide receivers that are pretty smart in knowing where, hey, if a play breaks down, I can get downfield. For all all the criticism that we have about this team not moving the ball well, I think the wide receivers have shown that they are pretty adept in, in moving downfield when there's you know, pressure or a broken play. I thought Carson's uh, just overall game was very strong. He had the one... He said it. He admitted interception was bad. Yeah. yeah, he admitted after the game that he forced it. He, he did. He for, he forced the throw underneath coverage by Josh Norman. Picked it off. Returned it for forty yards. Defense responded. Held him to no points. It, you know, I think it says a lot about Carson that he was able to continue the game and play it at a very high level. He had a very strong uh, fourth quarter. You know, people constantly want us to praise him blindly. This one really earned the praise. I thought he had yeah. probably one of his better games. Yeah, I mean, season. if you take away the interception, he's near perfect, honestly. Like, right. I mean, his, his rating, 98.9, isn't, like, amazing. But, I mean, whatever, the rating, I don't even know. The how rating doesn't like matter. They won by 15 points. Exactly. But he had, he had a good game. Um, so, we talked a little about the receivers in there. Let's talk about them. Um, Golden Tate, I think we've covered Golden Tate enough already. We spread, They um, spread the ball they around. They spread the ball around, yes. Quite a bit. Um, uh, Nelson Aguilar had a really good play on that, a 39-yard catch. He finished... Four of eight, 56 yards, probably one of his better games he's had in a while, at least since Golden Tate's been here. The, like, they've, they've talked about wanting to spread the wealth, um, and they did. I mean, Austin Jeffrey had five targets, he only had three catches on it, but, I mean, that that's closer to what his average was earlier in the season. And he was well, they more were of clutch a th- catches, yeah, too. Yeah, and he was more of a threat. You felt like he was more of a threat this game than he had been. And, uh, I mean, Jordan Matthews, the, the first attempt at throwing a touchdown to him, it was a weird play call, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't work. And then the, it was pretty much the same play, but on the other side of the field, and he got it. Uh, I mean, he's the fifth receiver now, fourth, fourth receiver, I guess. It, it, depending on how you figure yeah. in Dallas Goddard. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, it, the fact that they're confident enough in their fourth, fifth receiver to target him in the end zone two times. I mean, that that just says that this offense can can be something really good. I mean, they scored twenty eight today. Yeah, mm-hmm. they haven't. They've done that. Uh, two other times, both against the or one other time. Uh, two other times. Two other times, and yeah. So th- this is what they did last year, and th- this was the closest offensive performance to what last year was, and a lot of that's because the receivers he like was able to spread the wealth and they produced. Well, and and I thought this had a lot of the feel of the Colts game throughout the Colts Week Three game, and that game felt like 2017. So again, like you said. I think it was it, it felt it was a feel good performance, and the thing is too, is you look at how productive Corey Clement's been as a receiver the last two games. That makes this team dangerous. I think that was part of the issue, and I think part of the reason why people get so frustrated 
with this offense is you look at these names, Ertz, Tate, Aguilar, Clement, Jeffrey, Matthews, Goddard. If I told you that a, a quarterback, a Pro Bowl quarterback had those weapons, you'd think this team would average 36 points a game. They haven't. And I think now they're starting to kind of figure it out. I mean, it does take a while to integrate somebody into an offense midseason if they're a wide receiver, if they're rolling. It took longer than it should have, but yeah. Well, I don't don't know about that. I think if you didn't have a plan for him, then then yeah, it's a bad look by you. If you were expecting him to be the be-all, end-all, yes, it took too long. But Well, he wasn't anything. Right, exactly. That's my point. But they forced it to him. Yeah. They well, that's the thing. That, that, that was the, the thing. They didn't have a plan. Like, why are you, you? They should have traded for a guy and then had a plan for how they Correct. were going to use him, which is usually the Eagles' mo. So, anyway, we're not going to criticize him about that because he played well tonight. Speaking of having a plan, they plan to run the ball in this game. So let's talk about the well, running. For, back. Well, let's stick with receivers first. Let's talk about Ertz. Uh, let's. But Ertz, I think, is his own conversation. Yeah. So like, let's talk about it now. We're talking about the whole receiver group. Let's uh, talk about I like Zach the Ertz. running backs better. But anyway, uh, Ertz, you know. Nine catches for 83 yards. He's all-time leader for single-season catches yeah. now. He's at 93. Correct. and Amazing. He said it wasn't about him after the game. That's why I want to talk about the running back now. I'm just kidding. Um, Zach's the most dependable hands on this team. I mean, there was a report by ESPN this weekend about how internally there was one player that said that they targeted Ertz too much. When you're targeting Ertz and he catches nine out of ten passes... That's not a problem. Cool. He doesn't get a lot of yards after the catch. Whatever. But if you know you can depend on him in a stretch, I think, you know, hey, he picks up first downs. It is what it is. Um, He had a great game. Uh, Dallas Goddard had three targets, zero catches, but it didn't really matter. Thought he played relatively well as a blocker. Again, this Zach- is just a run in the middle of the night for Zach Ertz. Nine right, that's for what I'm saying. Yards. You don't like, want to talk about the we're, running we're backs. So, we're, so, we're so accustomed to Zach Ertz doing this at this point. Like he, He's had games where he had 14 catches for like 130 yards. And we, <laughs> we can, Look, here, I'll say this, and we can insert it in every game from now on. Zach Ertz had a big day. He caught a lot of passes. Boom. All there, right, there cut that, go. and then we'll just copy and paste for now. Right, on. <laughs> maybe we should do that as a running gag. Um, then it'll suck when he's got like four catches for 28 yards. All right, yards. so let's just, we're done talking about the offense now, right? We got nothing else. No, to, we got the oh, running wait, what? Backs. <laughs> oh, let's talk about the running I didn't backs. know you wanted to talk about that. I didn't hear you about You and I that. keep talking about how much they need to run the ball. They they ran the ball 33 times today, and if you take away uh, Carson Wentz kneeling down four times, they they ran the ball 29 times. Josh Adams had 20 carries coming off a hip injury, that was a la- and he was the last minute to add to the injury report. Nobody even ran the ball 20 times last year, a single guy, and he's done it two games in a row now. I mean, he's the closer. I, he's a guy. And the opener. And the opener, clearly. <laughs> man, that's quite the one-man show. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that, I mean, you had Sproles became a legit part of the offense again. I, think, uh, I, was ho- I was worried they would force feed him, and at first it seems like they did because they ran a play where he – I think it was like third down. Yeah, third, yeah it was third and third eight, four, and he handed it off to Sproles. Like, that was a I – I questioned that, but, I mean – Maybe they were trying to get him back into his groove or something because, I mean, what the his other three carries went for quite a few yards. He averaged five and a half a carry. Corey Clement, we've talked about, he did a good job receiving it. 47 yards, three catches, three targets, 27 rushing yards. But Josh Adams, like a, he's just their number one running back now and probably going forward like next year too. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at what he and uh, Corey Clement were able to do, Corey Clement had uh, 74 – total yards. Josh Adams had 85 yards. 
Darren Sproles had 22. I mean, like, that's what you want to see. It's it's an all-around committee, and if they're going to stick to this, this is the way to do it. Wendell Smallwood, again, receives no, no carries in this game. I'm not, he might not even got any snaps today. Right. On well, offense, at least. You know what? When, when, you, when you're playing as well as these three were playing, it doesn't really matter. Uh, flipping over to defense, what stood out to you on the D-line? Well, Brandon Graham, he's kind of been – He's been a recurring storyline a little bit just because he's uh, – I don't know if disappointment is the right word, but he's definitely, like, fallen off. You can tell he's like, doesn't have the same athleticism. But he had a sack pretty early in the game. That was a pretty huge moment. Um, he had one of his better games of the season, honestly. And the de- defensive line played really well tonight. Yeah, I thought I thought overall this defense played really well against the run outside of the 90-yard run, like we said. Um, the pressure was there, man. This is an old defensive line right now, and Mike Bennett got pressures, Chris Long got pressures, Brandon Graham got pressures. Um, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox got a sack. Little old Fletcher Cox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, again, this is a defensive line that when it gets going, it can really do some damage. Uh, Mark Sanchez is a pocket passer, even though he had a nice little scramble in this game for eight yards. They really put a lot of pressure on him, and I think that's what worked. I think Jim Schwartz dialed up a lot of pressure, and his boys just straight up won. It was a one-on-one matchup, and they were able to get the best of the Redskins beat-up offensive line. Uh, linebackers. I mean, we uh, talked about Nate Gary's interception. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was an impressive play. I mean, he is a former safety, showed really good ball skills. Mark Sanchez made a terrible throw, and... You know, he was able to come up big. I thought Nigel Bradham did a really good job of tackling. He was everywhere tonight. I didn't really notice Camus uh, Grugier-Hill all that often, except for when he got blocked pretty well on that 90-yard run. Well, Bradham only had three tackles, by the way, so I wouldn't say he was tackling everybody. But he No, but he was he was in on every every run stop <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. He was everywhere. Um, and that also speaks to how he was able to be a play caller on defense. Uh the corners, man, I didn't even you didn't even notice them. Which is a sign of them playing well. I mean, Sidney mm-hmm. Jones. I mean, this like the last time he was out there against the Saints was like bad. They were targeting him. I didn't get that. It seemed like they were trying to go after Rizul Douglas early today. And I mean, I, I mean, the Redskins receivers aren't very good. It's probably one of the worst groups of receivers in the NFL. It's been decimated by injuries and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have if you don't hear a cornerback's name very much, that's probably because they're playing well. Yeah, Rasul had the one uh, 32-yard allowance yeah, to, to Dotson. Um, but outside of that, that was the only uh, play of over 12 yards that they allowed. I mean, that's how many? Pa- I mean, passing yards they allowed. I know Mark Sanchez played a lot of the game. Yeah, 150. Like, like that's <laughs> on what 25 Seven. attempts? Yeah, 25. So again, I mean, this is this is a team that has needed to be resourceful in their secondary and. They showed up. I thought Malcolm Jenkins again had a really had a good sack. game. Yes, he did. I I wouldn't give him credit for the sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of pressure. It, yeah, but, but technically it was his. Yeah. yeah. So you know he's another guy that's that played really well. I didn't notice Corey Graham. I was going to say, which is probably another good thing. Like he didn't make any plays necessarily, but like he didn't get beat pretty bad, which he had pretty much every game he had started this year. Yep, and then moving on to special teams. Your boy. Cam Johnston, baby. Uh, <laughs> he had a pretty good game today. Uh, he only had two punts, but they were for, uh, it was 46 and a half uh, average uh, with a 46 net. That means that they allowed one yard on one punt return. So, I mean, that's pretty 
pretty, 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 pretty good. good. And, and I believe DeAndre Hall made an appearance. He did. And made the Had a good stop. tackle. Yeah. yeah, it was a great tackle. Well, Jake Elliott, he's back officially. I think we yeah. could say he made two forty-plus field goals, which he struggled with early in the year. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but over the last like four or five weeks, he's only missed like one field goal, I believe. Up, oh, you jinxed him. It's over. <laughs> it's over. But I, here's the thing: like the forty-plus is huge. I was talking to Rick Lovato a couple of weeks ago, and I completely just forgot about it. But he's like, we're like one of the youngest. Trios of specialists in the league, and to think like they've kind of come together over the you know it's Cam Johnson's first year, Jake Elliott it was his it's his first full year here technically. Lovato was a journeyman up until last year, so that's worked out. I thought the special teams coverage was fantastic. Um, like kickoffs, uh, well Jake Elliott six touchbacks, yeah. That's like that's the type of stuff like you talk about where it's the little things that you don't even really realize. Um, Corey Clement had a nice twenty-two yard return. And uh, Sproles, Sproles being a weapon as a punt returner again, it, that's good. He didn't really do that much tonight there, but I think if he just can, having him there, the yeah, if, if he can just keep his legs under him and he can keep his hamstring healthy, and I'm sure they'll rest him when they, as needed. But just his presence in general, I think it, it is a good thing. Like we. Maybe we underestimated him, which people have done his whole career. Uh, we, I mean, there, to be fair, like that first week, he didn't look very good. He'd been hurt all year. Like we had no, re- there was no reason to think that he would be able to do what he did tonight. Yeah, an update on DeAndre Carter. Apparently, he's had three fumbles wow. in two games. Wow, for I did the not Texans. realize that. Wow, that's crazy. That revenge game in Week 16 is not looking as as hyped as before. Um, let's talk about coaching. Yeah, I just praised the coaching staff pretty hard in the opening segment, but to me, this might've been, been the best scripted game. I mean, they scored in the first drive, right? But like in turn, in terms of just like overall, Hey, we know this is what we can do. They really played their game. Like there was nothing that they had to really adjust to on offense. And I think that that's pretty special. Uh, Like I said, I thought Schwartz called a really great game. Kept bringing the pressure on Mark Sanchez, made them one-dimensional, forced Mark Sanchez to make some really difficult throws, and he didn't make them. Uh, and you know, again, I, I think in credit to to the Redskins, I don't know about credit, but like, like you said, they they are pretty beaten up. I still think the Eagles win this game if Alex Smith is, is the quarterback. I thought this was just a very well coached team today. Yeah, I would say Doug got back to doing a lot of things that I don't know if he – he was taking more risks today. He was going forward on fourth downs where, you know, he had weirdly, like, would punt it this season. Like, it just seemed like something about his mojo was off, as I said a couple weeks ago, and it seemed like he got his mojo back tonight. And now's the time to do it. Uh, I mean, look, you're a game behind the Cowboys. You've got a date with them next week. I hope you wear your best makeup because – that team looks good. The it Cowboys does. look really they just beat the good. Saints. Yeah, they just Their defense, beat the Saints. man. You can talk about the Thursday night curse, whatever on the road, whatever. Dallas is a good team. This will be the true test for them. They finally won two games in a row. Now they really have to prove it. If they can beat the Cowboys, they're in the driver's seat. They'll only have to beat either the Texans or the Rams and the Redskins of the last week of the season. And if they have Mark Sanchez back there, or Jordan Reed, or whoever, EJ Manuel, whoever the guy is back there. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick? Colin, whoa. Uh, that I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, it's a good outlook. I don't think Houston's, you know, 
that scary. I think that I mean, if they've you... won like nine games in a row. Right, but they're dual. I mean, you know, there's that. I mean, they aren't beatable because they haven't been beaten in nine games. Right, but they also started off zero and three. So, like, when you look at stuff like that, it's like, well, yeah, I think they're a little scarier than you're giving them they, credit for. They are scary, but I'm not. I wouldn't be afraid of them if I were the Eagles. I, think. I mean, they shouldn't be afraid of anybody. But yeah, right. I, uh, the Rams. Well, yeah, true, but um, I will say if Eagles, I mean, we'd say it each week, but they really losing that game will be tough. Still, if they lose to the Cowboys, they're six and seven. Uh, then all of a sudden, the division probably isn't in uh, right. a realistic possibility because they would have to finish ahead of the Cowboys in the standings, which they would have they would have to win all their games the rest of the way, and the Cowboys would probably have to lose all of them. Now, if they but, lose against the Cowboys, they still have a shot at the wild yeah. That's card. what I was going to say. Right, but yeah, yeah. so the division probably out of the question if they lose this week. Wild card it's still going to be tough because the teams they're competing with. I'm on the Vikings. Even if they tied them, they wouldn't have the tiebreaker. But the Vikings have a tie on their record, so if they finish with the same amount of wins, the Vikings will be ahead of them, right? Yeah, because the, because they would have less losses. Correct. And then the Panthers, who look pretty bad right now, and I'm not, they might not even be in it in the race by the end. But they 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 would have the tiebreaker too, because like those losses are going to come back to bite you. And it, the Buccaneers are kind of like in the background. They have a tough schedule the rest of the way, but they're five and seven, and they've been winning pretty recently. So. A loss. It if other stuff happens around the league, they could still be in good shape. But if they lose next week, and then like also the Panthers win, and also the Vikings win, then all of a sudden they have a, have to have a lot happen. So ne- next week, if you're, we're gonna find. We've said this a few times, but this team has had like so many different identities this season that it applies. But if they can win that game next week on the road in Dallas, they're all of a sudden at the top of the NFC East standings, and you can feel pretty good about it. Like it's just crazy how much things can swing in this league week to week. Because if they lose that game, like I'm saying, like the playoffs are going to become a really hard possibility. But if they win that, they might win the division. Like the 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 extremes of those two things is like pretty wild to me. Short answer: They win next yes. week. They control their own destiny. Exactly. They lose. They need a lot to happen. Um, you don't want to look ahead, and I, and I don't want to talk about it too much because really the Cowboys they have to keep treating this like every game's their season because that seems to be working for them. It worked for them last year as well. Um, You know, again, I think, I think they could give the Rams a run for their money in a one-on-one game. I think, well, not a one-on-one, but like a, like, you know, I'm not talking about like a season long thing. I think the Rams are a much better team, but I do think the Eagles have a shot. Uh, Houston, they'll be at home. Chances are it'll be a pretty cold weather game. Houston's a dome team. Uh, this place will be rocking no matter what. I mean, last home game of the year. Right. Um, Unless they win the division, I guess, but. The Redskins, uh, I expect Eagles fans to travel significantly for that game. Especially Redskins, if the playoff spot's on the line, yeah. Right. The if Redskins fans are going to show up for Mark Sanchez. <laughs> uh, or EJ Manuel, or, you Yeah, know, the Redskins fans tend to show up even when they're bad, though. They do, but, like... I like, can't sh- imagine that being a very yeah yeah moment. showing up is different than having energy at the stadium right yeah. um, so again I, I think this is a very good opportunity for this Eagles team if this is if this is them right if this is them I think they have an opportunity to to at least make the playoffs I don't feel good about this team in like a a playoff run but I do feel like this is this could be a playoff team with so many not mediocre playoff contenders but the wild card's a weak wild card. And I think, I think it could be the Eagles and the Seahawks that take that jump. 
I, um, I, I weirdly, I think it might ultimately come down to whether they win this Cowboys game, honestly. Because if they lose next week, I'm not going to feel very good about their chances. Yeah, but you never feel good about their chances. I know. So I mean, I'm negative, like, Nancy. But I mean, just math. And they'd ha- I mean, crazier things have happened. But like, I mean, you need to win on the road if you want to be considered a contender, anyway. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I, and they're going to have to win on the road in the playoffs, no matter what. I mean, if they, if they want to get past the first round, right? Like, yeah. They yeah. might have a home game if they win the division, but yeah. Right. I, so with that said though, you have to feel good about this win. The team clearly does. Zach Ertz is the epitome of consistency and Carson Wentz played a good game outside of one throw. I think you, that's what you give him your shtick. Cause I think there, we, we just be like talking yeah. about this for three hours about positive. We'll stuff. hit you guys back up with the podcast uh, later in the week, but yeah, thanks for listening Two game, two wins in a row. We'll be in Dallas this weekend. Uh, short week for the Eagles. I think they might only be practicing like twice this week because it's such a short week. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, as always, we're subscribed. We're on all the podcast apps. Uh, leave us a comment. Follow us on Twitter. Read all of our content at nj.com. And thanks for listening. This episode of the No Huddle Show was brought to you by Chevrolet Cadillac of Turnersville, a Penske automotive dealer. Visit today at the Route 42 location in Turnersville, New Jersey, or online at chevroletofturnersville.com and cadillacofturnersville.com.